Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, I thank you for the riches of your scripture. Lord, and I ask that your spirit would free each person here to hear what the spirit is saying to them, whether it's a theme that I develop or one that I don't, Lord, that you would, you would free each person to hear what you are saying in your word. Amen. Today's gospel reading simultaneously looks back at where we've been in Lent and forward to the upcoming crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. In the gospel of John, it is Jesus's last public teaching. And as such, it is both a summary of everything that has gone before in the gospel and also Jesus's interpretation of what is about to occur. So it's not surprising to hear in this passage echoes of phrases we've heard throughout Lent. Looking back at where we've come, on Ash Wednesday, Chuck shared an ambitious list of potential Lenten disciplines that raised a few eyebrows. He raised even more eyebrows when he said that he hoped that none of us succeeded. In my case, at least, that was prophetic. My efforts fell flat on the second day of Lent, which paradoxically has made this a fruitful season of growth. I'll return to this theme later when it's clearer how it ties in with the gospel. On the first Sunday in Lent, Ellendale preached on the baptism and temptation of Jesus, highlighting the word beloved. I have found it fruitful and moving to sit with this word seeing how Christ's ministry flowed out of him being the beloved and being challenged to recognize myself as being beloved of God. In today's gospel reading, once again, a voice from heaven affirms Christ. On the second Sunday in Lent, Michelle shared with us the weightiness of the gospel in which Jesus tells his disciples, for those who want to save their life will lose it. We hear the same thing again this week, almost verbatim. The following week, Joe highlighted God's disruptive action in our lives. The gospel was the cleansing of the outer court of the temple. Today's gospel occurs in that same space, the place where the Greeks could be brought to see Jesus. And last week, Abby unpacked the Old Testament story of the bronze serpent and what it means when Jesus says to Nicodemus, the son of man must be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Once again, in today's passage, we hear about Jesus being lifted up. What Jesus said to Nicodemus in private at night at the beginning of his public ministry. He now says publicly during the day at the end of his ministry. The requests of the, G of the Greeks to see Jesus also resonates deeply with the Old Testament story in which everyone who looks on the bronze snake is saved. The Greeks have in fact come looking for salvation. And this is a sign that the time has come 
for Jesus to fulfill his destiny and to become a light for the Gentiles. Jesus expands on this theme at the end of the chapter. Then Jesus cried aloud, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. When we look on Jesus and really see Jesus, we see the very light of God and we are saved. Now we know from scripture that many people saw Jesus without really seeing him. Some, like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, simply didn't recognize him at the time, while others were blinded because they rejected him. As it says in this same passage, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart so that they might not look with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them, implying that if they could see, they would be healed. Seeing is a matter of both the eyes and the heart. So one of my takeaways from this passage is the prayer, I want to see Jesus. I used to think that seeking God's face meant trying to figure out what God wants. But what if it actually means exactly what it says, looking for the expression on God's face. As we've all come to appreciate during this year of social isolation and Zoom calls, profound things happen when we see each other face to face. Many of us are famished for seeing each other face to face. When we're with someone we love, our eyes light up with joy and delight. The joy bounces back and forth between us until we glance, need to glance away in order not to be overwhelmed. It makes sense, this longing for, for a face. It's deeply rooted, this connection, this desire for connection. The first thing we ever look for, that a baby ever looks for in life, is a loving face. And peekaboo is the first game we ever play. So when scripture says, turn your eyes upon me, it's not just a way of saying, notice me in my situation, but rather our heart crying out to say how much we need to see God's love for us expressed in his face. Can you imagine how much his eyes light up when he sees you? Think about how a craftsman's eyes light up as he shows a particularly fine piece that he has made. If you want to see this, I would suggest visiting Joe Lively sometime with his furniture in his shop. Think about how a parent's eyes light up when they talk about their child. Think about how a lover's eyes light up in the presence of the beloved. God is all of this to us and more. God's heart and face can also be troubled. 
by things that run contrary to his loving purposes. Scripture tells us that Jesus was troubled at the grave of his friend Lazarus. He was troubled at the grief of Lazarus's sister Mary. And he was troubled at the prospect of his imminent betrayal. He was troubled looking ahead to the prospect of the mockery of the trial he was going to go through. I'm sure he is troubled by the killings in Atlanta this week as well. In today's passage, we see how he reacts to being troubled. He does not pull back. Rather, he says, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Even when we look into his face and see that it is troubled, we can be assured that he has come to enter our pain, brokenness, and sin, rather than to abandon or condemn us. If only we will let him enter. Today's gospel passage calls us not only to see Jesus, but to recognize that he is light. So another takeaway is that if I want to be close to the Lord, who is light, I need to bring everything into the light. As last week's gospel said, whoever lives by truth comes into the light. This is where the Lenten disciplines come back in. The struggles we have doing them are of great value because they expose things that need to be brought to light. What in me resists God's call? My Lenten discipline supposedly has been to set an alarm at the end of the day to stop what I'm doing, pray the Compline service and go to bed. On the second day of Lent, when the alarm went off, I got ready for bed and found myself resisting the time of prayer. Finally, I asked the Lord, what's up with that? Immediately in my heart, I heard an answer. You're in pain. There was so much tenderness and love in that response that I melted. You see, just before bedtime, there had been a very difficult interaction with my cat who was dying. He had lashed out with, at me with tooth and claw, and I was sad and worried. So I hadn't really wanted to open up to God at bedtime. My instinct was to protect my hurting heart. But God, as God reached out to me, I felt loved and cared for, despite totally blowing off Compline. The Compline service has continued to be an uphill battle for me. Most days it is hard for me to let go of things I'd hoped to accomplish that day, or the many ways I have dist of distracting and soothing myself. The value of the discipline is that it brings these things into light where I can talk with Jesus about them. This brings me to my third takeaway which is the image of the seed that must fall to the ground and die in order to bear much fruit. 
In order for a grain of wheat to sprout, it must be buried until the hard shell around the kernel deteriorates. So picture that. Seed has this hard shell around it that has to, to rot away. Hold on to that. It's an image of dying to self. It doesn't happen instantaneously. The seed is buried and then one must wait. Where have you built a hard shell around your heart to protect yourself? Water that patch of your garden with reminders of God's love and faithfulness until the shell falls away. And I may add, as we were singing the Kyrie today, I thought that this, that is something that just, that, that opens my heart up when it's hard is to sing. Where do your expectations get in the way of responding to God? It may, hard, it may be hard to keep this particular seed buried. Let go of the way you think God should run the world and celebrate his providence in your life. Where do you seek your own comfort apart from God? Know that the Lord cares for you tenderly in this process of dying to, to yourself. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. Be patient. The fruit of righteousness is joy and peace. As helpful as it is to hold on to the image of the seed falling to the ground and dying as a metaphor for dying to self, we need to remember that today's gospel passage is talking about Jesus actually dying, no metaphor. Only when he has died can the life inside of him reproduce as the Holy Spirit is poured out on those who believe. Jesus came to earth in a particular culture and at a particular time he chose to be limited in this way so he could fully enter into the life of his people there. But through the outpouring of his spirit, he makes himself manifest in all cultures and all times. Today's passage from Jeremiah gives us the promise of this outpouring, the promise that the Lord will put his law in us and write it on our hearts and that we will all know God directly because he has forgiven our iniquity and no longer remembers our sin. And so it has proven to be. We can come directly to him with whatever troubles us and he can speak to our hearts. We don't have to cast our struggles managing social media in the mindset of a first century Jew. One of the most effective missionaries I know has a simple response to new believers in the culture where he had introduced the gospel. When they ask him what to do, he'll say, you'll have to talk to Jesus yourself. He is the only one 
who has answers to your questions. He will speak to you in your heart. And much of the work of spiritual direction and formation is doing exactly that same thing. Much of, much of our role as, in the pastoral, as pastors of the church is helping you to listen for yourself. Because the Lord, only the Lord knows the answers to some of the circumstances in your life. It's telling that the Greeks approached Philip, one of the two apostles with Greek names. And that Philip immediately goes to talk with the other apostle who has a Greek name to figure out what to do. There are some cross-cultural dynamics going on in this situation. And as they approach Jesus, Jesus knows that for the gospel to truly impact the whole world, it is time for him to die so the spirit can be poured out. And the result is glorious, truly glorious. I, I started just thinking about all the fact that there, all the hospitals in the world probably are, are there because of, of the gospel. The fact that the, the movement to abolish slavery came out of the gospel. There's, there's so many things throughout the wet, the breadth and width, and width of this planet. As John says at the end of his gospel, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Truly glorious. The Lord is stirring our congregation to look at ways to reach outside of ourselves in ministry. And as we do this, we will also need to die to some ways we think things should be done and to some of our preferences so that others may have a saving encounter with our Lord. But this will bring glory to God and life to many. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.